now sitting at the wave table. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 31 of the wave table. This episode is featuring Tristan, aka In the Red. And hey. uh, yeah, how's it going, man? It's good to uh, good to be chatting to you again. Yeah, it is. It's been um, been quite busy in January, so it's good to finally sit down and have a chat, which is good. Yeah. So um, you've recently uh, been making an EP. Yep. And uh, wait, is that actually out yet or just the single? Yeah, I just released a single um, last Friday, actually. Just just released a single then. Yeah, um, and that, that single's called Don't Turn Off the Fire, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. So that's actually going to be the last song of the five-track EP. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's a pretty that's pretty hefty EP as well. Yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Um, it's just sort of more of a passion project. Obviously, like my um, my main sort of gig is mixing and mastering for Future Epis Audio, which is yeah. the sign in the background um, <laughs> that I just got made, which is great. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my main focus going out of uni um, yeah. was mixing and mastering. But then as a bit of a hobby, a bit of a passion project, of, I'm, I've done the In the Red um, project and developing this EP and this sort of interesting sound. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a unique blend. Uh, do you want to kind of tell us the story behind clipping EP and like, I guess, a brief uh, rundown of each individual track? Yeah, definitely. Well, to start off with um, the, like, I originally developed the idea of the project in the red um, about two years ago when I was still in uni, um, at, starting at Abbey Road Institute. And um, I, I initially started off with a remix that I actually did for Dane Stewart. They just hit me up on Instagram somehow. I don't even know awesome. how. But yeah, I ended up doing a remix for them. And then that was really cool. Um, but that was sort of like, I wasn't like, that polished as a producer yet. Um, so as my cover art, I put it as like green um, to symbolize like um, how in as like, you know, a, a volume meter, yeah. how, how in, how there's like green, orange, and then like red is clipping. So yeah. I started off with green cause I, I felt that I wasn't like at a, like a mature level as a producer yet. Um, and then my next single, which I released, a couple of months after, which was my debut single, Please Just Understand, that was like an orange cover to symbolise I was sort of getting towards that that level of um, like developing my own sound of in the red. And then yeah. this is why I've called this EP Clipping is now, um, so the single I just released was a red cover and then this one is Clipping. So now I've, I've reached beyond the threshold of the metre and I've sort of like graduated in terms of my development of, um, yeah. in the red project which is that's sort of where the story of um, the progression of the tracks and the EP is a reflection of that progression so um, so the tracks titles I've got here is the first track is called Silent Grey which is um, it's meant to symbolise both in sound and in the like the lyrics that I use through samples um, of like the dark time and stuff that I was in I was feeling very lost and um, alienated yeah, it's um, definitely like that for when you're learning producing. I feel like you yeah. get so lonely. Yeah, I feel like um, it wasn't even like just in music. I, I feel like music was just helping me express it. Um, right. I feel like it was just more in my personal life. I felt that way. Um, yeah. Probably 
during like my high school years, I suppose. It's that teenage sort of phase. Um, and then, so that's, that's Simon Gray, the first track. And then it, it goes, it progresses into, I was sort of waiting for something. It's, the next track is called Waiting Here For You. And that sort of progresses into, that I was the idea of waiting for something to come um, and waiting for like the change, I suppose. Yeah. But then, but then you, you'll notice in the, the middle of um, the EP, the third track, it's a complete shift. You'll, you'll notice it when you listen to it, but um, as you have, it, Chasing Stars is like a complete, like really trippy interlude. Um, yeah. It's almost like going through like a vortex or something, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I love the uh, the video that kind of like you know gives off a similar vibe that you've posted yeah. on Insta and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. I've I've got that, um, and I'm gonna that's gonna be more of that sort of visuals that I got from from Tom. Actually, he made them. Um, but chasing stars is is all about instead of waiting for it, actually chasing your your dream or your passion or whatever I was searching for. I was sort of getting to chase it. Yeah, and then. Coming home is um, probably like everyone that I've showed the EP to. That's been their favorite track, which is good. And it's quite funny because that track took the shortest amount of time to make. <laughs> that's how it's been a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, where the other ones I had like, I think because my style is very like complex. That like I put a lot of stuff into all the tracks, and I, I feel like yeah. coming home was a bit more simpler. And that's why people like it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easier to follow. But coming home, the idea of that track is um, that I was coming home to like the like a, a goal. Like I had a set goal, I had a set passion, like which is the music. So I think I found what I wanted to do. Um, and then Don't Turn Off the Fire, who I actually got um, Rams Fry, a Spanish rapper that I met. Um, in the Garden of the Beats set that I did. Um, I did a set with him, which is awesome. Um, he's actually from Chile. So it was awesome that we could sort of, our uh, two worlds could collide and um, yeah. create something. The collab awesome. possibilities in yeah. this age is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, so Don't Turn Off the Fire was just like um, symbolising that I've got this passion now and I'm just going to run with it. I've got this, this sound now, I'm just going to run with it. So I'm not going to turn off that fire that I've got ignited that i've yeah. got from coming home so yeah that's sort of the story of the ep i love how it's a story that a lot of creatives can relate to yeah it's like pretty much like to sum it up right is like uh you're starting out with this new thing yeah uh you're dealing with a lack of motivation you yeah. learn to over overcome that lack of motivation and then it's just like keep it going just don't stop yeah well, I so, think it even can relate to um, people in, in anything. Like, say, if you mm. want to become, um, say, if you're starting out of school, you have no idea what you want to do. And, and then, then you find a passion, say, like, even example, you want to be a doctor or something. Yeah. And then you, you still have no idea what you're going to do. And then you realize, oh, now I know I, know I want to be a doctor. Let's, I've got sort of something I can chase. And then, then you feel at home, like, studying to be a doctor and then yeah it's sort of it's a similar process so you can sort of relate to anything but i've just sort of related to my musical journey i suppose and my journey as mentally i suppose as well yeah for sure and like 
I think a lot of people when they're going through high school or even uni and stuff, um, they think just like, you know, homework and stuff just isn't for me, but yeah, and it's just a matter of experimenting and trying all these different things. And then you will eventually find something you're passionate about that you just want to keep working on it all the time. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And I also believe that a lot of people are under the mindset that if they're not good at something initially, then they're never going to be good at it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really subscribe to that mindset. I, I believe that I believe in like a yet attitude. So you're not good at it yet, but you will be if you're dedicated and, practice like my first couple of mixes that i did were back in year nine when i started were the most like crappest things like stuff were like was like out of time and oh and it was just <laughs> like it was just horrible mixes like really really muddy and then like and it honestly took me like maybe two two three years to like m- make it like click and then then i started getting really really clean mixes Hello. Um, that that's because i just kept working and working at it but Someone else, it might have taken them a lot quicker, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nothing happens overnight, but I guess uh, in the age of, like, YouTube tutorials and, like, paid tutorials and stuff, uh, shit can happen a lot faster these days. Very true. Very true. Um, So you've mentioned a few times that your music kind of blends a lot of different styles, and I was curious if you like do that on purpose or if it comes just naturally to you just through a variety of influences? Um, well, yeah, I, I, it sort of just comes naturally to me because I sort of have a lot of influences. Like even though I produce sort of EDM music, my favorite artist I'd probably say is Tame Impala, which is oh, sick. So, <laughs> so that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I can um, definitely see that coming through in your music. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but like but then I'd probably say my second favorite artist is Pixel Terror, which you could probably see the influence. <laughs> in that yeah. As well. So it's like complete mashup of stuff, and then um, but then also like I really like um, sort of hip hop artists as well. Like I really love um the sort of lo-fi qualities of like Ty the Creator as well. So mm. I've sort of got all that sort of mixed into um one, and it's sort of it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's sort of like just my own self-expression sort of thing. That's sort of what I want it to be. It's sort of um, my music really is more therapeutic for me, sort of thing. Like, yeah. And and if people like it, then that's awesome. But I'm not really like looking to please crowds or um, like like people in the past have, have said, "Oh, remix this, remix this," and you'll you'll get like um, you you'll be popular and you'll be DJing all yeah. these clubs. But I've never wanted to do that, to be honest. Like I've just wanted to create. Um, for the sake of art, not for the sake of like commercial appeal. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I feel like it's pretty obvious that if you remix popular things, it's easier to get popular. Yeah, so I, I, re- I really hate it when people just keep telling you to do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I have to admit, like, initially I did do remixes because I like, didn't know how to produce a full track. So I just would like, oh, let me just quickly change the drop or something and like do like a build up into, into it. And then yeah. there's a remix. Um, and then, and then obviously like at the start, like oh, a lot of people were like, Oh, that's really cool. But then those people that thought that was really cool. Like now I don't really like my music that I'm making now. Right. Um, yeah. Cause it's like different. But yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, you're not going to please everyone. And I'm, I'm happy making what I want to make. So I think, 
Hell yeah, man. Um, I was wondering about don't turn off the fire because I yeah. feel like I feel like that might have been a particularly hard one. Like, uh, I've found in my stuff that like when you try to combine genres, you kind of yeah. have to sacrifice the integrity of one genre to make it fit within the other. Yeah. Um. So, were there any speed bumps that uh, or hiccups that happened when making don't turn off the fire? Um, well, I think my process with Don't Turn Off the Fire is I actually, it actually started off being like more of a hard style track, which is really. Oh, cool. really? Yeah. So, and <laughs> That's then. fucking crazy. Yeah. So when, um, when Ramsey, um, like r- recorded over it, um, like, uh, like back in September last year or not last year, the, the year before that, I keep forgetting it's 2021 now, isn't it? Jesus. So God. 2019 he did it. Um, and it was literally like literally just like a couple of chords that I played on my Juno here. And then it just sort of like, it, it went from like 146 and then it like jumped to like 165 and then turned into like a hard style, like, <laughs> but like really prominent on like that hard style kick with like a yeah. bunch of like bass sounds surrounding it. Um, but it wasn't really like a really polished sort of sound. I didn't really like that. So instead I've changed it to like a drum and bass sort of feel. Um, at the at the last drop instead of instead of that hard style thing. But to answer your question really, I I just sort of my sort of process is I just sort of throw paint at the wall and see what yeah. sticks. So I don't really follow like a set of like a certain genre. I, I have things in mind that I wanna um like keep throughout the whole all of my songs. So that's sort of like have that lo fi nostalgic feel, like things with the, the Juno and then also like Atmos lo-fi, Atmos recordings, and um, and stuff like that. And then I also want to have, so I want to basically have that in the verses, and then in the drops, I want to have like really crazy, um, like bass, uh, like bass sound design, um, and then just like, yeah, just like like a, a dubstep sort of drum pattern, or sort of, and then also like in the last drop, it was like a drum and bass sort of pattern, and that's sort of, and then after that, it's sort of just like. Um. Yeah, like w- w- whatever I think works, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I um. Yeah. I mean, most of my stuff ends up being dubstep, but I definitely feel the whole throwing shit at the wall and seeing yeah. what sticks thing. Because at least for me, when I do sound design, that's what I do. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but speaking of the Juno, yeah. you've recently built up your home studio and uh. You know, from what I've seen on Insta, it looks fucking sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah guys, really cool. go check out his Insta for some nice <laughs> shots of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you find that process and, like, how, how long did it take? Oh it, oh, it probably took – well, it also started when I was at uni when I was learning about acoustics and um, what to sort of, like, make in, in terms of acoustics sort of thing. Um, like how, how to have shape my room so it's, it sounds better with my monitors and stuff. Um, so basically, like, I got these three sort of movable panels here, um, acoustic panels that I got my mate Andy to, to make, who's like a carpenter. Um, and basically, it took him maybe like three months on and off because obviously he's working during the week. But whenever he had yeah. a spare moment, um, he sort of, like, was building these. And they're... And the idea, the, the great thing about these things is they're actual um, old wheels, so they're, 
you can actually move them around and to say if someone comes here to record, instead of having it like in the mixing setup I've got here, then I can actually um, wheel them around you can like, the room and then yeah. like record, record like vocals or record anything really. That's and then shape perfect. it how I want it, which is awesome. You've got like a modular, you don't have a modular sense, you've got a modular studio. <laughs> <laughs> And I've also um, I've got some new studio monitors as well. I've got the um, Adam Audio uh, TV7s, I think they're called, yeah, which is really good. And then also on the ISO acoustic stands, and um, then I've got the Sonar Works, you know. Um, reference. Reference, yeah, yeah, like EQ, which is good. And then even like the stuff like I put in lights for the, to, the studio so I can record and um, like the camera. Yeah, and I even got like a little. If if you know about um, sort of the old mix cubes, I've got sort of a reissue of them. Do you know about them? I don't don't know about those actually. Yeah, they're like a little mix. They're like a. They're really good for like mids. So like mid references, they used them a lot. um, Back in like the seventies and eighties, and pretty much like the whole of the Michael Jackson Thriller album was mixed on that. Oh damn. And that's like that's like one of the most like prestigious albums, yeah. Um, in terms of mix quality, so that's sort of what I strive for. Um, as like, well, it's like a quality quality wise. So that's why I have this sort of Avana tone mix cubes. Um, Fuck yeah. Just a reference, yeah. So I've pretty got a pretty good setup actually. And um, speaking of striving for good mix qualities, mm. uh, I believe you offer services such as mixing and mastering. Uh, yeah, out of that studio, right? Yeah, I do. Well, I've been doing it for a while now. Like I've sort of like I started doing it even when I was at Uni at Abbey Road, um, recording, mixing, mastering um, for a number of artists, as you can you, you probably see. Yeah, on my website, I've got this too many to name at the moment. Um, but I pretty much like started that, and I was like mixing before I got my desktop and all this studio. I was just mixing on my laptop, really. Um, wow. Yeah, and then obviously recording at uni, which helped a lot. Um, yeah. But then, but then now I've sort of developed the studio, and I've actually done um, two recent mixes this month. So I've done a, well one mix and master, and one master actually. Sorry, so I did a master for an artist called Black Willow. So it does like a, um, a hip hop. So I wouldn't even call it hip hop. It's more, it's more like um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really. I don't really like genreing things. Yeah, so, I, feel I, like. I just prefer just like listen to it and then make your own opinion on what it is. Because like, what kind of vibe is it? Uh, I'd probably say it's like um, Juice World vibe. Yeah, okay. that was sort of the sure. reference I got. Um, and yeah, so I, I mastered um, his track on on these monitors and the sound, and he's really happy with that. And then nice, also nice. Um, Andrew Lorendi, he I think he goes by AYL actually on. Spotify and stuff, um, but I also mixed and mastered his recent track uh, called My Lingo, which I think is going to be part of his new EP, which is good. Um, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, that was like it was it just made it so much easier just to especially like to tame the mid the mid side because these monitors are like really good for that, and also like the space is just like and it's it's meant I can just hear everything in like three D almost, which is. Which is crazy. Yeah, like you can just. Hear I've heard death. that uh, Adam Adam monitors are really good for that. 
Well, I think it's more even the space because, like, these baffles here, they're actually, like, um, blocking out any, like, reflections. So, yeah. that's me so meaning that, like, the sound is a lot clearer and, like, more dense, I suppose, other than, like, because you know about, like, phase cancellation and stuff. So, if, if reflections yeah, are Yeah, shit coming room, back off the walls and it's just yeah. fucking up what you're actually hearing. Yeah, and then, and then it, yeah, and then it phase cancels, like, um, certain frequencies, which is pretty shit. So this sort of avoids that, like, to a certain degree. Sick, man. Yeah, um, yeah so if anyone's looking for, like, some mixing <laughs> or mastering, check out yeah. the description, or if you happen to be in Australia, maybe you can even record there. Yeah, true, very true. Um, now, does any of the, like, mixing, mastering, recording work you do ever come back and influence the stuff that you create under in the red yeah it actually actually really did um i remember i was mixing a track for a guy in in like new south wales um he goes he's his name's indy um and literally like i remember like i said like the first sort of mix of the track and then he was like oh the kicks are all like way too loud the kicks like way too loud i'm just like oh okay the I didn't, I thought that was sort of fine. And then I, I lowered the kick and he's like, oh yeah, so much better, so much better. <laughs> and then, and then I went around like, I was, cause I was at that time, I was like mixing my EP and stuff. Yeah. And then I, and then I went into my EP and I was like, oh shit, all my kicks are way too loud. <laughs> so it, it, even like, so like I get feedback from the artists that I work with and then I take that feedback and go, hey, I can implement that into my um, own mixes. For my own music, so which is pretty cool. That's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, like, I'm always learning myself um, what people like and stuff. But I, I believe I've got a pretty good understanding of um, like how to balance up a track, which is really good. Mm. I, I um, definitely feel that that's my sort of area of expertise, like mixing, and mastering, and it's sort of what I sort of want to go down more that route rather awesome. than sort of rather than sort of producing. I think producing is more just like a hobby for me, but I think. Um, mixing and mastering is definitely like what I want to do. Like, um, definitely expand on and just mix and master as many artists as I can. Yeah. Sweet. Um, since we're on the topic of like mixing and mastering, I was curious if you've ever heard of this method of mixing like by frequency bands. Yeah. Uh, like I've heard that some people will put an EQ or like a multiband plugin on their master. Yeah. And they'll like solo the lows, mix that properly, then solo the mids, then mix that, and then solo the highs. Yeah. Have you ever messed around with that? Uh, yeah. It, well, what I do is I, I solo out like mids. I, I sort of separate into to four bands. Um, so I usually do my low band from 100, 150 below. And then yeah. 150 to 1K is like my, my low mid band. And my mid band is like 1k to, which is not really mids, but I just call it the mid band, I suppose. 1k <laughs> to 10k. And then 10k is like my high end sort of stuff. And then I usually like, um, I put, for mastering, I do I like tape saturation for like separately for those sort of things. Yeah. And also, I always mono out 150 and below as well. Just yeah, so, for sure. Because you don't really need anything out and i always cut it out off the sides as well 150 and below um and things like vocals um i always cut out 
150 below, or even if it's like a female vocal, go towards even the two to 300 range cutout. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of that, I usually sort of I'm usually sort of mixing like a, a mix that's like, I'm sort of like more like rebalancing usually. Yeah. So, so usually when clients send their work to me, they've already sort of had a go with it themselves and then they weren't really as happy with the result. So I feel like I'm usually just like doing a lot of corrective EQing instead mm. of, of like rebalancing that way. Um, so it's more just like on the certain elements like that I see on my spectrum sort of thing. And I, and I can see, oh, there's way too much 800 hertz, for example. And then I would use various tricks to um, like get rid of that 800 hertz because obviously like if I just get a standard EQ and then like um, knock out that 800 hertz, like obviously it's going to fix it to a certain degree, but it's not going to sound like 100% like polished, I think. There's other yeah. ways of doing it with dynamic EQ or even like, so there's a lot of like pushing and pulling involved with um, EQ work and that I find that a lot of people aren't aware of, you know? Yeah. Cause it kind of, it can sound like there's a hole in the mix when you yes. correct one sound with a 100%. static EQ. hundred percent. So um, that's, I think what a lot of uh, like up and coming mixes have problems with is they just get the, you know, the standard seven band EQ, and then just go. Oh yeah, perfect. This this sort of sounds good. Just put EQs everywhere. But um, I sort of like pick the exact frequency that sort of is picking out, and I've got the sort of the ear. I've developed the ear over time to hear those frequencies as well. Yeah, sweet. And speaking of developing your ear over time, uh, I was wondering if there was like one thing that you would like to tell yourself. If you were oh, to start wow. again, <laughs> Jesus, that's a good question. Um, I think the one thing I'd sort of tell myself is not to, well, I know I was going to say not to rush things, but then, mm. but then I, but then now I'm like the opposite where it's like, I take so much time on things that I like, don't, don't like finish it. Um, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like a stick in my own work. So, oh, what would I say? I'd probably say um, instead of, like, to my younger self, I think I just sort of, like, quickly made something and then gone, oh, yeah, it's good enough, and just slapped it on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, I think I would have said, hey, don't, like, don't release anything too early and just, like, actually develop your skills and develop your, your sound and stuff and then release it because I feel like, um, because I sort of put out like some remixes and stuff that weren't that good, great quality that like a lot of people that were sort of like, oh, wow, he's, he's produces music have sort of like already gone. Oh yeah. He produces music, but his first stuff was like, not that great. Yeah. I don't listen to him anymore. So I think when it now takes a lot of convincing to come back from that. Yeah. So I feel like, um, like a bunch of people that were interested initially at school and stuff. I feel like they've lost interest because of that. Um, I, I doubt a lot of them would be interested in sort of my work at the moment because um, I've always got a very unique sort of sound, and I, I see more more of my music more as an art piece than a like something you'd hear on the radio sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's probably what I'd say to myself: like, don't be releasing stuff too early. Develop your skills, 
and then show the world like once you've got something that's sort of polished. Yeah. Awesome. I, I agree with that heavily. Yeah. Um, so you've got the EP done. Your studio yeah. is built. Yeah. Open for business. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's what's the next big thing that you're focusing on or is it pretty much just keep things going? Um, so initially for future reference, well, I'll probably answer this in, in two ways. So one for future reference, one's for in the red. So for future yep. reference, I actually was planning on doing um, like expanding my business and expanding into like visuals. And I remember I was speaking to you about potentially even starting like a record label. So yeah. like, my artists have somewhere to release their music. Um, but I've sort of realised that's sort of a very ambitious task and I don't think I'll be able to achieve that with the, the time I've got, you know, because obviously I'm, I'm actually starting um, uni back again, doing psychology, so that's going to take a lot of, Jesus. of my time. Jesus, how yeah. many degrees is that going to be? <laughs> yeah, so obviously, like, got the advanced diploma on every road. I've got a certificate there. But, um, yeah, psychology, that's going to be, like, at least, like, four years of, uni holy so, fuck <laughs> um, so that's going to take up a lot of my time so i've since rethought that ex- business expansion and i think i'm just gonna instead of doing like the visuals as in like photos and videos and stuff that i was going to expand to and also the record label i think i'm just going to focus solely on mixing and mastering um to not even have like recording and um producing that i've currently got now because I, right. I believe sort of like my, that's my expertise, like mixing and mastering. That's sort of what I enjoy doing the most. So I feel like if I just hone in mixing mastering, mixing mastering, um, then I can just focus solely on that and, and be like hopefully a really uh, well-established and respected mix, mix engineer and mastering engineer. Um, awesome. So that's sort of what I want to do in terms of future reference audio. But in terms of in the red... I'm looking to, after this EP, um, I've already started uh, remixing some songs that, because I'm quite into, like, indie music and um, psychedelic rock and stuff like that. So, like, bands like uh, Tame Impala, even though Tame Impala's not really a band, it's all just Kevin Parker. Um, and, like, the, the Strokes, uh, even, like, Beach House, like, stuff like that. I just want to remix sort of that. And combine sort of the two my two genres that i love so i want to combine them into like um like edm remixes so stuff like i want to turn a tame impala song into like um to have like a dubstep drop or something just just something (laughs) that would be amazing yeah so that's that's sort of my next project is i want to create like four or five songs and obviously i probably won't be able to um put them on spotify or soundcloud or anything like that so there's probably going to be just like free downloads on my website because, you know, they can't catch me on my website, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just going to make them like, yeah, so make sort of just like in the red edits of like these tracks so that like people can, I don't even know if anyone wants to hear that, but I want to hear that. I've always wanted to hear like a Taylor Parler song, like morph into like a dubstep drop and then that'd be like the sickest thing to play at a club yeah. in my opinion. So, I'm definitely curious about how that would sound for sure. Yeah, so I'm workshopping a couple of ideas at the moment. Obviously, it's like um, it's not like a clean transition because it's not like made for that sort of genre. Yeah, but I'm working around it, and I definitely want to 
um, sort of develop that. And then, then the plan from there is to like um, start like recording um, videos um, with that sort of music. Like awesome. Doing like sets on YouTube or something. And then also um, doing YouTube tutorials for future evidence audio. So I've, I've got a bunch of stuff that, uh, like that I've made, like like patch. I don't know if you're familiar with. I use FL Studio, so I don't know if you're familiar with FL Studio's patch up. It's sort of similar to like yeah. macros on um on Ableton. So I've developed a lot of like um, FL Studio patch up sort of presets that um like I'm sort of going to distribute and like for free, and people can then use them and so like if you know Ahi. He, yeah, he, oh, he, he does like, great um, stuff. Mag- magic boxes. So it's sort of like it's going to be like um, Future Reference Audio's magic boxes, I suppose. But it's going to be a bit of a different name. I suppose, I suppose it's just going to be a patch of presets. So, so then people can just put it on and be like, it, it'll be sort of like, you know, Future Reference Audio's Fat Rack or Future Reference Audio's like um, Distortion Widener or you know, stuff like that. So I've got about like eight things that. I'm sort of ready to go, and um, I'm going to do like mixing tutorials based around them, sort of what like Ahi's doing, I suppose. Cool. So, are you going to uh, have those for sale, or just put them like nah, free download? No, nah, I think I'm sort of into the philosophy, like because um, I naturally wouldn't buy it myself. So, like, how can I expect yeah. other people to buy it? But I'm also into the philosophy, like the more you give, the more you like the more you give, the more you receive. Yeah. So I, I sort of believe that um, the people that do choose to watch my videos and, and take the time to download the stuff will then be like, oh, this is really awesome, this stuff, and then really respect me as, an, as a mix engineer and mastering engineer. And then they'll be like, oh, shit, I don't really know how to use this stuff, but I know exactly who, who knows how to use this stuff properly because he made it. So then they then they're probably going to come to me and ask for advice and um, then we then we can help each other. That's Sweet. Sort of, that's sort of my philosophies. That like hopefully I'll give it free and then um, in return eventually like I could develop a um, ongoing customer or even a a collaboration with someone, which is great. Yeah. I've been kind of doing a similar thing. Uh, I've got a couple of videos where I go through like just showcasing like samples or racks or something. Uh, And then at the end or at some point in the video, I'm like, yo, uh, this is like five or 10 bucks on Gumroad. But if you put this code in, it's free. So that way, if people want to like go the extra mile to support me, they can, but they can just also use the code to get it for free. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, obviously, like, for me, this is more of, like, a hobby and a venture because mm. uh, definitely, like, the music industry, as I've found, is very hard to get sustainable income for. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually found that I was working, like, way too long and hard for the little return money-wise. Um, so I just sort of treat this more as, like, a side hustle. So I'm not actually like too fussed about money for this. Like obviously 
Yeah. I still need money to, because my time is valuable, I suppose. Um, time is money. But at the same time, I'm not like, you know, trying to make this my full-time gig because that's going to be way too hard to, to maintain. Um, yeah. And, and that, because of that, that's why I sort of offer reasonable prices as well for my um, mixing and mastering services, which is good. If it just like randomly, you know, became something that you could do full time, though, would you take yeah. that opportunity? Yeah, sweet. Mm, I probably would. I I think I um, I don't know. That, that's going to be a tough question because, like, if you asked me that two years ago, I would have said, "Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a mixing a master engineer. I'm going to be producing as well, and I'm going to ha- I'm going to." Do all these sh- like I, I haven't really been like that keen on doing shows ever. Like I, I like doing shows, but um, I've, I've been asked to do a bunch of like sets and stuff, but just sort of like play a certain type of music. But I'm like, no, yeah. I, all I want, all I want to do is play my own music. That's the only reason I want to DJ. Um, so I think to answer your question, yeah, probably like a year or two ago, I would have said, yeah, that's what I want to do in my life. I want to do that for the whole rest of my life. But I feel like, um, and I've also found that if you do your hobby too much, it begin it begins to not be your hobby anymore. It begins to feel like work. Yeah. And I, I don't want um, mixing, mastering, and, and music in general to feel like work ever. Because um, I definitely, because what was it? Maybe two years ago now, I developed like the audio for like three games, or like I was part of the audio team for three games. So that was things for like composing all the music for the game, um, like doing all the sound effects for the game, and then recording like dialogue and, and all that. So everything from like the little footsteps to like so every literal sound you hear in the game. Um, and obviously, I was doing three games in the span of like two three months. Oh Jesus! And, and that was a lot of work. <laughs> um, and I sort of began because that that was like through uni, and obviously I was sort of doing that for like free just for. Um, experience and that was a really yeah. fun experience but also at the end of that three months I, I found i was like man that was a lot of work do i really want to do that like for the rest of my life i sort of yeah began to it was really it was really fun but at the same time it's like nine to five every day i reckon i get sick of it sort of thing so that's why i sort of want to do this as a bit of a side hustle and um just focus on mixing mastering i think Hell yeah. yeah. I respect that. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Like you totally can just do this shit as a hobby. Like shout out yeah. to my uh, friend and Insta follower, Carly, who I recently met. She started producing, um, but she also has fucking uni work, you yeah, know, 100%, 100%. other stuff and to take care of, but yeah. she's doing it just as a hobby and it's going to be awesome to, to just hear what kind of stuff she makes. Well, obviously, to me, this is more than a hobby because I actually went and did a, yeah. you know, there's a player in this and, um, and like, I sort of run a business. So it's definitely more than a hobby, but it's definitely not going to be my only source of income. Is, is what yeah, yeah. Yeah. Multiple yeah. streams yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> um, so is there anything that you would like to uh, shout out before we wrap up here? Um, anything I'd like to shout out? No, Maybe really. like, I think everything. 
Maybe your visual guy. I remember you said Tom, but I didn't catch his yeah. last name. Yeah, so from Tom, he developed my, my visuals. From also, Tom, okay. From Tom Official, I think his tag is. And then also I probably should shout out um, my girlfriend, Claudia, actually helped make this sign and helped hang up the stuff. Oh, sick. So, yeah. Um, she also runs like a, a little like a balloon um, like de- decorating company. So we both Fuck sort yeah, of got we, we both we both got our own like little um, business ventures. She sort of does balloons, and I do audio, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> That's awesome. That. Yeah, so I think yeah, so her handles balloons by Claudia. Oh no, hell yeah, yeah balloons by Claudia. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it in terms of shout outs. Yeah, and then every like oh, and also probably probably Ramsey for um, Rams Fry for um, you know. Featuring on the on the latest track, don't turn off the fire, and I'd just like to shout out everyone that taking the time to listen to the track as well. It's been, yeah, like yeah, really respect that. Um, obviously, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I appreciate everyone sort of you know who enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, this yeah, has man, been it's been a pleasure. Yeah, this has been episode thirty-one, featuring in the red, and again, uh. The, by the time you're hearing this, the full EP will be out. So check the oh, description. Really? Yeah. When, yeah. When is this coming out? Oh, <laughs> uh, this will probably be coming out. Uh, what's it? Probably like early, very early February. Yeah, now probably I'm looking at the EP maybe March now. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was going to drop like a week after the single or something. No, no, no. It's probably going to be like, um, yeah, probably like a month after, month or month and a half after. Got so okay, much sorry. <laughs> My bad, disregard that, but uh, g- go <laughs> listen to Don't Turn Off the Fire and uh, don't forget to pre-save the uh, EP when that's available. Yeah, cheers. Awesome. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Um, thanks, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Peace. Yeah. See ya.